Welcome back to the Torbay Hospitality Podcast. Tonight, we are joined by a whole gang of people, including Sean Cockman, the founder of the Broken Wine Society, Shawnee Schofield from Fruition Design, Beth Kurzweil from Room for Bloom Events, Romina and Charlotte from Fruition, and our producer, Callum. Welcome, guys. (laughs) Right. Does anybody have any shout outs tonight? How about you, Cal? Yeah, I'm going to shout out Barish, Bengu, and Zumra. Nice. The Vefa siblings. Lovely. Aren't you on holiday now, Callum, from, from tomorrow? I am. Nice. Are you going to go see Little Tuba? I am in Dunaman for mm-hmm. a week and a half. Lovely. Aww. How about you? I know. Isn't that so cute? Sean, how about you? Do you have any shout outs today? Um, I think it can only be to my wife, Hannah. Um, I accidentally locked her in the house today. Um, <laughs> sorry, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> Not locked out of the house, yeah. locked in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that. So we almost had no glassware for this evening, but yeah, oh she gosh. saved the day by climbing out of a window. <laughs> Thanks, Hannah. <laughs> Thanks, Hannah. You're a star. How about you, Shawnee? We would like to shout out the rest of the Fruition team. Yeah. So Jen, Mark, and another Jen, um, and Mark's wife, Jane. They're all, three of them are all on holiday at the moment. So we hope they're having an amazing time. Yeah. All right. Amazing. <laughs> Good right. Mark, good Jen. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. Anybody else have any shout outs? Come on, guys. Anybody else? Go on. No. <laughs> right. Right. I'll have to. Uh, am What's, I still going who's, who's your shout out today? Right. No. James and we have to shout out little Teddy. Woo-hoo! Teddy in Torbados. Yeah, that's Beth's dog. And we have to shout out Bruno. We always talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. (laughs) We always talk about Bruno. (laughs) Right, so tonight we are having a wine tasting. Sean Cockman kindly brought over um, sparkling wines for us to try. So we're going to hand over to Sean now, and he's going to take us through what a wine tasting with the Broken Wine Society is like. So, Sean, how do you usually kick these things off? Um, so we always start with um, talking through how um, how tastings work. So I think lots of people, when they mm. talk about wine tasting, they think it's going to be a stuck-up, sort of really difficult thing to get into. There's lots of things you don't understand, and um, it's a bit scary to go to one. So when we started the Broken Wine Society, we sort of wanted to say to people, look, it's, it's fun. That's ultimately what we want people to come along and have fun, learn a bit about wine, just be relaxed, ask questions. Nothing's too silly to ask. And... Um, the food's oh, here. Food's arrived. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, you need food. Um, you, know, you know, it's five o'clock on a Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I didn't want to just get everybody drunk. So. <laughs> Tuesday's the new Friday. <laughs> I love it. Should we get? I think George is at the door. So we ordered in some trays of food from below decks. Wow. Right, George. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now it's a party. Right. All right, George, come on. Do you want to say a few words on the podcast? Um, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't do wine. Uh, I'll ask I you lager. I can say my sort of three favourite. <laughs> yeah, three favourite lagers. Three favorite lagers yeah. All right, we're going Peretti, we're going uh, Desperados, and Bud, what is it? All right, wow, well done. Uh, just leave the right Oh, See, don't leave it near me. I think we're good. Pleasure, yeah. No yeah, thank you so much, George. Thank you very much. Your star. Thanks, George. Woo! So, yeah, Go Below Dex does amazing tapas, and we've got, like, a whole selection here. So, guys, get involved. Get highly involved. Do, do we have plates? I think we need some plates. Everybody can load up. 
Okay, so you're saying that with a broken wine society, you, you're trying to sh- show people that it's not about being stuck up, about knowing everything. It's more about having fun. Is that correct? Yeah, so it's more about you know, experiencing all the different flavours. Like Wine's an amazing thing. I, I really believe that people are on a wine journey, whether they know it or not. Okay, whether I like that. They, <laughs> they, they don't, you don't necessarily have to like wine. There's always something. Okay. that you can get you involved with and then you start with that and then you start to move on after you experience different flavours then once you know what you like you can work around that and uh, figure out what's going to be you know, and people always get into it as soon as soon as you find one thing that they like you yeah. talk to them a couple of years later and they're in love with different wines and they've been to wine tastings they want to go they, you know, I, there was a lady who used to come to tastings with us um, and she never drank anything but white slightly sweeter and rosé yes never had a red wine we always had to replace it at the tasting she wanted to be there but then i got her into a sweeter red wine so she tried uh, dornfelder for the first time what's she that called sorry dornfelder dornfelder it's a german uh, sweet red wine grape okay um, yeah. so if you don't like red wine that's the one to go for yeah okay you just google it buy it it's, you won't find it made really in supermarkets but you get good quality it really tastes like there's no tannin it's not dry at all just really fruity um and that um and, and that got really into red wine and now she's got a little pocketbook that she goes around Marks and Spencers with finding you know, what she likes and she loves everything and they holiday in Portugal and yeah you know, wow mean, yeah Debbie knows what I'm talking about so. yeah. <laughs> shout out Debbie <laughs> no that's awesome so, oh, I love so that do you story. think George our friend who just brought the food do you think he's at the early stages of, of his wine journey well the thing is he obviously likes flavour he's got favourite Yep. Lagers. Yep. So yeah, the only thing is that you know, it's not cool at seventeen to be into wine, is it? So yeah. Well, yeah. And he, uh, even I wasn't necessarily that into wine at seventeen. So or eighteen. You know, I was. Yeah. George is as, oh, yeah. a, as oh, yeah, of sorry. age. I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> he's drinking. It's definitely of age. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. I think as as long as you're interested in flavour and trying new things, then the world of wine is yeah, a broad church. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So oh. how, how did you get into wine? Did someone bring you into it or you found it by yourself? Uh, so I used to work at Number 7 and they've got obviously expansive wine list and when they decided to open their wine bar they asked me to run it so you know, I had to uh, had to figure out some things and because uh, you know, I was about to talk to people about wine and try and sell it to them for a living so I went uh, went away, learned a lot you know, and that's really it just never stopped you know, we're just always trying new things always you know a bit of a nerd about the history of wine and like and the science behind wine and why things taste the way they taste and different grape varieties and things and i think that's you know that, that's sort of you know once you get into it it's 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 incredible and i think lots of people would be more interested if they you know gave it gave it to, well lots of people when they talk to me are suddenly interested in wine so <laughs> yeah that's obviously so sounds amazing <laughs> i know including the people that are around this table okay. right now i think yeah <laughs> so yeah want to tell us about what what's the first wine that we're going to be having do we have some is everybody have an empty glass that's a question oh so yeah does so everybody need to empty their glasses so next and then we'll start this next um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, where are yeah. you based where's the broken wine society based and uh, we don't have a uh, uh, place okay. or anything we're just sort of we Okay. We pop up everywhere, um, so we try and do like a, a big tasting once every sort of three or four months. So we have then um, some, uh, so then people can buy tickets and and, uh, and come along without actually having to host it themselves. Right. Other than that, we do lots of private parties for people, and we'll see at the end we do cocktail bars and things as well. So yeah, you know, it's all uh, yeah. But for the most part, we do bigger tastings. So I did one at Below Decks where we've just got food from. I've done one at Offshore as well um, recently. Um, 
and yeah and that's more sort of i design the tasting whereas obviously if you want me to come and do something more specific yeah then that's that's fine i can do whatever really yeah um but yeah so that's and then we do we have different styles of tastings that we do privately so it doesn't have to be a sit down sort of thing we can do just me in the corner talking to people about wine with some different wines on show and then you know sort of just it's just an addition to a, a nice party you know that sounds so good. That yeah. nice. But are you, are you limited to like Torquay, Devon, the UK? Um, yeah, <laughs> I definitely not, not. I've not flown anywhere yet. But um, but yeah, I think um, yeah, mostly Torquay and Devon at the moment. Definitely, yeah. definitely uh, yeah, anywhere in Torquay we can get to. Yeah. But um, yeah, small sort of, you know. So if, if someone's listening to this in France or they're listening in uh, Sweden. And they want to pay for me to fly over, they, I'll go. They're prepared yeah. to pay, <laughs> pay for the trip. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. Nice. Just same thing, different. Oh, I suppose I might have to learn the language. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, what That's are we it. drinking? So, uh, tasting wise, we're starting with, uh, so this is a Col Fondo Prosecco. So, this is a natural wine. And this is how they used to make sparkling wine when they first discovered how to make it. So, you make a, you make a still wine. So to make all the all sparkling wine, you make a still wine first, and then you um, start a secondary fermentation either in a tank or in a bottle, and that um, that mm. makes the carbon dioxide that makes the bubbles in the wine when you keep that in there. Um, sorry, that was a terrible explanation. Now, um, no, I got you. So I'll do I'll do better when we do the next ones. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what's, what's this oh. wine called? So what's it called? This is uh, Bianchetta Ancestral. So it's uh, made with uh, Bianchetta um, uh, Trevigiana, which is uh, an ancient uh, varietal from Italy. So it's not actually Prosecco because it's not made with Glera, which is the only grape you can use in the Prosecco region. This is made slightly outside. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so this is a, so what they do is they they start the fermentation in the tank and or in a yeah in a tank, and then before it's finished, they stick it in a bottle. So in this, you've got everything from the grape press is still in there. Oh. So that's why it's cloudy. It's because you've still got yeah. Did you notice it the, was um, cloudy? Yeah, I noticed it's cloudy. It's so fresh. So no, really so this nice. is um, so you get a lot more of the fruit flavour, and it's only ever so, it's only slightly sparkling because there's no secondary yeah. fermentation. Okay. This is um, it's not. This is uh, natural wine, so there's no intervention. Oh, nice. <clears throat> so are you gonna still yeah. have? Are you gonna have sediment at the end of the bottle then? The cloudiness is the sediment. Oh, okay. So I shook it before I did it. There's two ways to drink it. You can stand it up and let the sediment settle, and then you have a slightly clearer wine, and then you oh. get lots of sediment at the bottom. Or you have the fun way where you add the creaminess of the sediment, where you shake the bottle, and then you drink it like this. Oh, mm. so you, you can so shake the bottle. Actually, you, pr- you prefer the taste with the like with the sediment kind of mixed. Yeah. In. So the sediment is lees, which are dead yeast cells. Oh. Um, and that adds creaminess and texture to wine. So we've still, as we've still got them in there, they're adding that creaminess and texture as we're drinking it. It's a, yeah, just a funky uh, way to drink things. It's also, I think, uh, this is this style of wine is also known as breakfast wine. Oh, well, um, kind of wine. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's the kind of wine I need. <laughs> right. Am I right in thinking if you want to get that out of the bottle, you flip it upside down and then freeze it and then cut the end off? Yeah, so that's what they do in champagne. They do oh, that. Okay. That's doing the second fermentation in the bottle, mm. and then you um, you slowly turn it upside down. <laughs> I'm telling Callum to uh, eat. Yeah. He's, he's like trying not to have a mozzarella stick. <laughs> Just like go for it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not like that. For all the ASMR people. Out there. <laughs> so yeah, sorry. So what what um kind of flavors? 
um, should we pick up in this wine? It is, like um, Shawnee said, it was quite fresh. Yeah, so really fresh. So you're getting sort of, uh, it's quite apple-y. Yeah, which is, um, apple-y. So this is, yeah, so the, the acidity tends to be more of the green apple end of the spectrum. Mm. Um, and then fruit-wise, you're not really getting that sort of peach and pear, which you would get from normal Prosecco. Right. Because obviously it's a different grape variety. So this is designed to be... <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> the fleet is in. <laughs> yeah, so it's designed sorry. to be really fresh, really easy to drink. That acidity and the slight bubble is what then, that's what makes it just a, a really easy to drink wine. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then because it's so simple, you don't have heaps of flavor going through it. Like we're going to try next two wines. They're going to be a massive change in the style of wine. Okay. okay. That's all for, you know, right. that's where we start. Yeah, it didn't really help that we had champagne before. No, but, sorry. <laughs> I did say, is this okay to pop a bottle? Of course. You it's didn't. always okay to but open you... champagne. Okay. Who's going to turn okay. it down? <laughs> this is this is an unsnobby place. You can open anything. But that's what, yeah, that's what I was I was asking, if it would affect anything. No, but yeah, I but don't it, know that that was clear. Yeah, but no, no, it doesn't really. Because like, so you, we, even though we've gone from, you know, champagne to this you can still yeah. appreciate the way that this is you know, yes. um, completely different and then mm-hmm. that's really what we're going to see in the next two is that they're completely different as well Shani what's your verdict 10 out of 10 Ooh, what's, like what that. flavours are it's you picking up it's very light I don't yeah. know I'm really bad at that okay light carry on I, when he said fruity I was like yeah there's definitely fruits in here mm-hmm. <laughs> something light something fresh that's all I can, yeah. mm, breakfast, all I can breakfast breakfast Drink definitely makes sense. Mm. Yeah, it's like just the light sparkling yeah. side so, to it. So yeah, those, um, those fruit flavors that you get. So although, yeah, even if you can't necessarily pick them out, the w- reason that they ha- they are in the wine, a lot of people say like, oh well, if you're tasting wine, you say, oh, I can taste apple. Well, obviously, you can't because it's made of grapes. Yeah, it's the so in the grape itself has a precursor for the same flavanols which are in the grape skins and of uh, or grape flesh or apple flesh in a green apple and then going through fermentation turns those into flavonoids which is then the same as what you would have in a green apple and that's why it tastes the same oh really i didn't know that i didn't realize it was such a yeah a molecular process then the flavors are the same yeah (laughs) is there any particular food you would pair with this um, so mm. food-wise, this is really good with um, like breakfast, uncomplicated seafood. <laughs> so, but you know, yeah, Ooh, so uncomplicated just, seafood. Yeah, <laughs> no, we do have uncomplicated we seafood go, here. Below decks actually like up, smash this out of the park. We've got like prawns. We've got like wings. There's um, calamari. There's um, yeah, onion rings. Pepperoni, I think probably not the pepperoni, but there's even smoked salmon. So there's tons of food here. Sean's not going to have any of it though. If I eat, I'll cough. <laughs> don't cough. No, we don't want that. I really like the um, the lightly sparkling part of it. The kind of, it's like just like quite mildly effervescent. What do oh, you guys think? Because it's not um, good word. Because yeah. it's not fully because it's not fully um because it's not gone through a secondary fermentation. It's only I think it's only ten percent. So that's why it's also you know good for breakfast. Right. <laughs> if you have to have wine at breakfast, have um, Bianchetta. Ancestrally. How come this yeah. one had a different um, bottle? How come this one was kind so of this like one's a, only under a cap because they literally just put the wine in it and then it's just a bottle cap. Yeah, so I'm saying, wh- yeah. why is this one only a bottle cap, whereas most champagnes or like sparkling wines I see have? Oh, it's got like a little rubbery thing underneath it. 
Yeah, so it's just a specially designed cap, so, but it's the same as what you put on a beer to keep the fizz in. Yeah. yeah because they're yeah. not doing a second fermentation, it doesn't have to be that serious. Oh, so yeah. what is it, less fizzy as well? Yeah. So that's why you can yeah. shake it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so because it's only, it's only delicately sparkling. But when you yeah. taste it, yeah. doesn't it's to me taste still as, as sparkling as any other sparkling wine? Oh, no, yeah. I think it's lighter. The bubbles yeah. seem like quite finer. Right, so Sean, <laughs> I've got some questions for you while everybody gets stuck into the food. So here's a question. What is your go-to wine pick when you're hosting an event? What's like a wine that you always bring along with you because you know it's like a crowd pleaser? Um, so uh, I always try and... Uh, the, I've recently gone towards English wine to yes. try and to try and because I think everybody's really interested in the in the English wine revolution. So mm. I think bringing it along is a really great talking topic. Lots of stuff to lots of stuff for people to ask questions about because I think lots of people have the opinion that English wine is bad. So then, you know, so everybody wants to know more and more about it. Um, yeah. Whereas if you're just bringing along, I tend to think if you're bringing along just something that's sparkling and then talking about. Um, the way that it's made is a bit sort of boring to me because I think lots of people do know quite a bit about um, the different methods of production mm. um, whereas the the marketing of English wine and the way things are moving is a really interesting topic that actually even if you have no interest in the flavours of the wine it is still a uh, something's really fun to talk about yeah definitely i think like yeah the business of it the this you know the land and like climate change there's a lot of to run at i think yeah brilliant excuse me um so yeah um what kind of questions do your guests usually ask at a wine tasting do you get a lot of questions there's uh, not from callum we know callum's <laughs> gonna ask a lot of questions so anybody else <laughs> when you typically go like, yeah what? there's there's always lots of questions usually about you know the uh um the different like the histories that we talk about of wine and the, the different um rather than i don't find people necessarily question the flavor notes that you give i think people are more interested in asking about history yeah like i say history and methods of making and, and the scientific side of it i think people are much more interested and ask more questions about everyone wants to get on that home brew <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think um just yeah do you find that when when you say that like a wine has a particular flavor that everybody kind of agrees with it and everybody can taste it. I found that because I used to be a beer taster in a former life. And so when you read the side of kind of the tin or the bottle, it would say like has apricots or it would have hops or something. And you go, oh, yeah, I'm getting that. It's a kind of a suggestive. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. I think you know, as soon as you read out a tasting note, people have immediately, you know, they've got, if they don't like you, they'll disagree. Okay. <laughs> and then if they do like you, they'll taste it. They'll say, yeah, yeah, it's definitely got all that in it and I really like it and it's fantastic. Rather than actually going on their own little flavor journey, which I think is much more interesting, hmm. with, you know, where you try and talk to people about, it's not you know putting people on the spot. I think a lot of people are scared when you go to a wine tasting that someone's going to say to you, so what do you think? And then you're sort of floundering like you're at school. Um, I think it's mu you know, people are much more forward, forthcoming with what they think about wine when you just talk around the topic and then ease them into it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah, that's what I found anyway. When you said green apple, I think every, you know, then I picked up apple and I just think it's really funny, isn't it? Did you ever have anybody get awkward during a wine tasting or like have any kind of funny comments or you get stuck in? Food's I here. What? I just put, um, put Shawnee on mute so she can like chow down. Go ahead. <laughs> 
I did a um, I did a wine tasting years ago where it was um, it was a riesling riesling um, where uh, I wanted to change people's opinions based on Liebfrau Milch and uh, which is okay. which isn't actually riesling um, necessarily and their opinion of just it being sweet rubbish mass produced terrible yes. German wine. And halfway through the flight, someone was sort of heckling me of like, well, this is exactly, you weren't there, you don't know. Oh. And, then, uh, I, and then I had It was to, the yeah. 70s. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. You, can't have, you can't have read anything. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, and then, you know, to, but then shutting people down like that and then everybody else enjoying things and like, you know, it, it's part of the fun, you know. It is at the end of the day, public speaking, mm. just about a very specific topic. And yes. um, you know, so, yeah, so, I mean, you know, I, I enjoy it, you know. Yeah. I made a mistake once, and my friend um, doesn't let me forget about it. What, what you made a mistake? mistake. <laughs> I know we have to expose <laughs> it now, right? Everybody wants to know. <laughs> it was a fact about Turkish wine. Oh no! <laughs> Do you know that Cal like lived his past couple of years in Turkey, and his oh. wife's Turkish? Yeah, I'm, oh. I'm waiting for this yeah. mistake. And he's going to Turkey tomorrow. <laughs> it was about the, the how how the levels of production of wine in Turkey, oh. and he and 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 then they Googled it. And then, oh. they, and then and then they spent the next hour telling me I was wrong. What we at had, the yeah. event they like live googled? <laughs> right, everybody phones <laughs> down. We're not googling Sean tonight. We had uh, yeah, then, we had dinner with him last week. And he brought it up again. What? <laughs> that, that, that awkward. Must have been, that must awkward. Be like eight, eight or nine years ago. That tasting. <laughs> Well, I mean, I was doing a little Turkish flight within a bigger flight, so it, it was quite. Yeah, it was a big mistake. <laughs> it doesn't. Was, if, if that's a big mistake, then you, you have I think to you're get your, okay. Yeah, you're it good. Was, it was funny at the time, and it's still funny now. Uh, well, as long as you can laugh about it, Sean, you're in a safe space. Oh, thank you. Nobody's going to be googling anything at you. Say we believe you implicitly. Okay. Um, so, you've worked in the hospitality sector for a long time. I think that everybody would be really shocked to hear about how many different places that you've worked and all the different places that you know. I was saying to somebody today, I don't know who it was, it must have been Beth, that your podcast was like the most popular one that we've ever produced because I think, do, does everybody know you? Uh, yeah, a few people know me. Yeah. A few people, yeah. right. Very modest. <laughs> right. Okay. Where did you start your career? Um, uh, my first job was at number seven as a waiter, then became the head waiter there. And then, and then when they were going to build the wine bar while they were building it, I moved to Australia, did a few jobs over there. Wow. My sister lives over there. In wine though? Was it in food service or like in a restauranter? Um, I was, a, a, I did events, worked as a waiter at events and, uh, worked in some amazing high rises, just waiting mm -hmm. on, you know, people, business people and things like that, which was really amazing to do. Yeah. And then, um, and I also worked uh, for a catering company, driving a golf cart around, delivering sandwiches. <laughs> and that was great fun. Um, like our friend George. But while I was there, it was, well, that was when I was learning about wine and taking in things and reading things. And, you know, yeah. then I came back and we went to, well, we used to do the big tastings, which was, yeah, we do three or four tastings where there's five or six hundred wines in a day. What, at number seven? Yeah, but at we, the wine we, bar. we'd go to London. Oh, as go a, to, as a going group to London. And do a What, five, six hundred wines in a day? Yeah. We'd, Girls. We'd, yeah. We never managed all of them. You do get a bit of like, you know, you, you can't really taste after a while, but no. yeah, it's good fun. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> you get free lunch and then, and, uh, you know, do that for six or seven hours and then go for a pint. <laughs> so that was i think we can see how i got my sort of wine is fun like, yes yes wine is fun i um, agree yes then i did that and then i left there went and was at hamilton's for quite a long time um managing that and then now 
Then when I left there, we started the Broken Wine Society and I do a few other bits on the side now. So how long has the Broken Wine Society been going for? Since like February. Oh, wow. It's, <laughs> it's quite fresh then. Yeah. You know. Okay, okay. Plus, like, like I said, it's like when, I, when, I left, uh, when I left Hamilton's, I wanted to do something that was for me that I really loved. Yeah. I don't know. I'd always, uh, up, uh, up there, we'd had, um, I was lucky enough to be able to build a wine cellar and you know, still keep doing what I wanted to do alongside all the other bits that I had to do as, as, a, as my job. Um, so yeah, so so it was my. I've always made sure that wine's a part of my job, and then once I decided that I wanted to do it just by myself. Yeah, cool, yeah. nice. Yeah, That's so good. Now we're now organising, like I say, slightly bigger events, private events. We're sourcing wine for people who want it. You know, it's it's it's, it's really all I've ever wanted to do. Yeah, and uh, you know. Did you say sourcing people, sourcing, not people? <laughs> That's another trade. You're sourcing wine for people that want it. Yeah, so there's some you know, things that you can't necessarily get just in the supermarket or things. Yes. Obviously, you know, we do, when people hear about what I do, they, they, they have favorite wines and things, and then yeah. that sort of help them get hold of stuff. And you know. So what's I your secret? How do you find it? Wine. <laughs> just, you just got to know what you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the yeah. main thing is, that, is knowing what you're looking for. And obviously, if you're buying something either over the phone, talking to someone or, or, um, or, you're, or online, it's really important that you can understand what they're saying, how they're sure. saying it, the words that they're using. You know, the the mm. world of wine is very specific; it has its own its own little language. But once you understand it, yeah, then then you can sort of you can work your way through it. And that's yes. I think really all sort of you know I try and do it tastings and things, just open people's eyes to the fact that you know there is other stuff out there. It doesn't have to be you know we need to celebrate the Savo bottle of Prosecco. It mm. could be well let's get some of this which is you know it's slightly more expensive but you can buy it online it's interesting it's different yeah and there's a story then, yeah. i think yeah. about like a lot of what you're you know what i mean what you're bringing to the table yeah. so you bring like a really unusual bottle of wine to an event or something it's like a talking point yeah. isn't it yeah. so good. conversation starter yeah mm, for if sure go, if you go for dinner I, anywhere take dessert wine up oh, now into the yeah, mic yeah. now but yes, come on come. You're in. right you're on oh. you're in. no come here no. her as well right room for bloom events right <laughs> She's on so that Callum can eat. Callum's gonna like pass out if he doesn't get something to eat. Oh, okay. Right. So this is Beth Kurzweil from Room for Bloom Events. Follow her on Facebook, Room for Bloom. <laughs> Instagram. Instagram. No, follow her on Instagram. Sorry. Instagram. Did I say Facebook? Yeah, oh my god. I'm such Facebook. a grandma. Facebook's Sorry. not where it's at. No, no. It's Instagram. all about Instagram. <laughs> Um, it was only a little question. I was going to ask, where do you see the business going? Where's the dream? Mm. Um, so, uh, doing. <clears throat> I've always wanted um, to be, you know, so not necessarily just in Torquay, but I've always wanted to be able to kind of have enough of an audience to go somewhere and say that I want to take over this space. I want to allow. I want to bring thirty people here. Yeah, and that's you know. And, and then do a wine tasting everyone's going to have a great time the business is going to make money people are going to eat people are going to have a drink before and after we're going to have a great night and people exploring wine and sort of build the wine industry in Torquay which you know I mean I know I know there's uh, I know a lot of people who are doing similar things and trying to get people into more of going to events like this and like I think the it's, wine yeah. box yeah so are you anything to do with that I'm not no no not yet not yet (laughs) call me (laughs) but um but yeah so they do they do similar things where they go i think um Mm. there's always there's a slightly different because they're working with wines that then you're able to buy yeah and i'm mine's i don't really it's not sales pitch no it's a it's a um 
experience. You know, just this is you know come along for the experience of the evening to you know listen to basically I just people people listen to me talk and you know I'm lucky enough that people are happy to pay for it. You know that's amazing. You know, that's uh, yeah. So what really for me I'd love to just keep doing this and one you know one day make it my full time job really I suppose. Yeah. That's um yeah you know, that I think um as much as uh, at the moment it's you know. Uh, and yeah, like I said, when I when I came here, I was sweaty and stressed, partly due to the locking out, locking in, locking in, but also yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you know, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but obviously be, being at work all day and then trying doing events afterwards yeah. is like yeah, it is it is um, yeah, it's a lot. But I think when you when you believe in it and when it's the thing that you want to do, it is yeah. You know, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, like a passion project. That's absolutely yeah. brilliant. So you said that you do this part time. But really, so where where do you work? Like, what's the full time job then? Is it like in Torbay Hospitality? <laughs> oh, I, I, <laughs> I'm going to go get another bottle. What are we getting? Oh, it's the uh, Chapel Down, isn't it? Chapel Down, of course, um, my favorite. I've not finished my wine yet. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Knock it back. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, right. So the, what is what does Sean do full time? Full time job. I'm the assistant manager at offshore, which is you know, which is fine. Yeah, it's a it's a nice, really nice place to work. Actually, the the chefs are really nice. And the whole team's really, really, really good. It's, you know, I think yeah, that everybody, everybody knows that when you're on the harbour side, it's a bit mm. mental in the summer. Mm. Gorgeous I location. Okay. I think yeah. Kelly's going to be on this podcast. Whitley, Kelly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure she, yeah, she, she knows, she knows, she knows more people than me. Yeah. yeah. Well, she got me my last two jobs. Did she? <laughs> She's got me a couple of jobs actually. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Kelly Whitley. Shout out to Kelly Whitley Jarrett. Absolutely. <laughs> So yeah, um, Charlotte's opening this bottle of champagne, but she said that she's done it a number of times. So go on, Charlotte. She's a pro. She, something tells me that she might have experience in this role. Come over, let's hear it pop. Come on. Is she doing it right? She's doing it. Yeah, that was it. Just twist and then when it starts to come out, push it back down. What I didn't realise was the cage. The cage gives you grip. Yay. Hey. Makes it much easier. A for applause. Is there an A button? Is that a pause? Yeah, that's oh, a pause. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's I thought okay. we'd go like straight into it. <laughs> okay, cool. So right, so Chapel Down. Um, yeah, so um, I think last time. Now, is it? Yeah, what? applause, not oh, applause. Yeah. No applause. Can you hear it? No, we're going straight through, Beth. I thought it was applause. No applause. Wait, ah! go ahead. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Best three sheets. Right, you ready? Um, right. <laughs> Can you hear that? Yes. Back so in the room. I thought it was a no, pause. That's okay. I thought we should. Let's go through the panel. Right. That's a ding. Oh yeah. So we're going straight in the same glass because yeah, we're not we're this not that posh, are we? Thank you. Um. Oh, are we? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's not the done thing. What do you? What would you say to this? Is this quite? Oh, generally, when you're tasting, same glass is absolutely fine. Just thrill it out with water and um, yeah, carry on going. I prefer this one. Um, so, I think on the last podcast, I said my favourite English sparkling was Chapel Down, and you said Night Timber. It is definitely um, Night Timber. But um, so that's why I brought Chapel Down to change your mind. <laughs> um, so, uh, English sparkling is now becoming you know, one of the world's most popular. Uh, sparkling wines um so it's not champagne because it's not grown in champagne but the uh the soil that champagne has goes underneath the channel and uh, continues into the south of england 
so we have uh, we have and we have a similar climate to sort of 50 60 years ago in champagne now so when we started trying to grow wine grapes um in the 60s sort of mm. we didn't really have the climate to do it but there was there were producers who were still trying um and they were making sort of wine that was okay and uh, palatable and good in in decent years but in the most part was a little bit sharp and difficult to drink unless you really really were interested in trying it but now obviously with climate change um it's warmer here we have better summers um uh, the growing period for the wine is less 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 it's more um well i say more predictable probably less predictable based on Mm. you know recent um <laughs> recent weather recent event. but um but yeah but we don't have we, we know what's going to happen and also we've got the experience now of doing it for so many years obviously in champagne they've been making sparkling wine for centuries so um we uh we now have a similar climate we've got where money's being spent which is obviously a big thing for wine production so previously although the winemakers were good we weren't getting the best winemakers in the world into this country to try and make wine. Whereas now, obviously, with uh, with being able to produce better grapes, better wines, um, we are now getting the influx of winemakers who are making um, fantastic things. I think Sharpham um, do a nice sparkling wine, don't they? Yeah, so they just That's won... my favourite wine, I think. So Sharpham just won loads of awards for their sparkling and for their um, yeah. 2020 Pinot Noir. They're brilliant wines. Um, yeah, now they're back. Now they're in Sandridge Barton. Their, you know, obviously their marketing potential and their growing potential and their production uh, is that much better mm. that um, that they're and you know, they're now at a different level than where they were. Like I was speaking to someone, I did an English wine tasting, and he was. I did the uh, Sharpham Dark Valley Reserve, and he mm. said, "Well, we used Love to sell this in the restaurant." 20 years ago so but then then it was a blend in most years because they were trying to figure out the best way to do it had some mm. sauvignon or something in there to, whereas now it's 100 percent of the um uh magdalene angevine which um is the is an early ripening grape which suits our climate which they're now fantastic at growing and is a better wine than it's ever been and that's just their basic okay. white wine Great. So, so are, they, yeah. are they no longer based in Chartham at all? They're only in Sandwich Barton? I don't know if they I think completely... it was the same site, wasn't it? And then they changed that to Sandwich it's, Barton. No, it's, they, the, it's the other side of the river, isn't it? Uh, yeah, they yeah. used to be in Totnes on the back road, whereas now they're in um, just in Paynton, like the outskirts of Paynton. Come on, you guys have been to Sandwich Barton. Mm. Yeah, I know you're Gabriel. <laughs> I've not been to the new oh, one. I've only been to the top. You love it. Oh, would I? Oh, it's amazing. Everyone keeps saying that I need to Very go. Good. I know. They have like these weekend sessions and then they do a bunch of food. Talk, tell us about it, Sean. Yes. Shout out to Sunset Social Club. Yes. You've had them on the podcast. Mark they and Jack. Are on every Sunday at Sandwich Barton and it's so good. You know what? They Which play the best music. The vibe, it's it's definitely a bit of you, Beth. I'll be the there. whole vibe. Count me the, in. The design in the interior is stunning. Everyone's just, just said, very... you need to go, you need to go, you mm, need to go. And yeah. every week I'm like, I haven't gone, I haven't gone, I haven't and gone. And the food. The food is amazing. Yeah, I've heard it's good. Mm. That's good. Maybe I'll do I'm not sure. I'm going to make it my do mission. Do you go to Yes, Martin? do. Yeah. But I'm not Come sure if... Together. You should go on Sunday, because they'll be on on Sunday. But I'm not sure if the main dining menu is on when the sunset social club is on oh no probably not yeah but you should go for the food a separate night I'll go for both. it's incredible stay there all day mm. go for lunch stay there till dinner I, I know <laughs> that's what we tried to do but maybe i got there a bit late and the food wasn't on anymore but hopefully you could do that if you got there early enough yeah, is that fun. why you were doing the dirty dancing lift 
Oh, oh my god! I was already about three Dark Valley reserves down at that point. And everyone's going, no, "You have to do it! You have to do it!" I was going, "I don't want to do it." You I nailed tried it. it once, and then I was just staring at the concrete, like, "Oh my god, my face is about to go forward." But the third time, lucky, we nailed it. It looks so much fun. Yeah, it does look fun, and you know, Sunset Social always bring the vibes, so that's really good. So we were asking you, Sean, about the hospitality sector. So you've worked at a bunch of different restaurants. You know everybody here. You know everybody in the sector. What do you think? Where's it, where's it headed? What's summer 2023 going to bring? Um, well, funny enough, I was talking to Mark and Jack about this. Were you? I went to school with both of them. Really? What? The <laughs> yeah. Sunset Social Boys? Yeah. Never. You went to Cherston? Yeah. No. Oh, Did Mark go to Cherston? Yeah, I went to Cherston. Uh, no, no, no. Boys Grammar. Oh, Boys Grammar. Yeah. No, didn't go there. Didn't go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so, um, and it's about... <laughs> Um, so I think uh, when, although although a lot of people are concerned about spending money, mm. um, I, I think when you're doing things that are a little bit nicer, when you're, people are willing to spend money to have something that's better, people don't want to waste money now. I think is the is mm. um, quality of yeah. quantity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah. So the things that they're sort of they're trying to do, which is have you know, nicer events. Just they're obviously they're sort of you know, much cooler than I am with their with their vibes and whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> vibes and whatnot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah. So I think um, the hosp- hospitality is moving towards better things. Like, yes. So yeah, you know, obviously there are pubs that aren't necessarily great, but you know even those places have clean beer lines and mm. you know, things like that. Like people don't waste money in terrible places, and those places close. Yeah. So mm, um, I agree. As we're we're now we're because you know the the, the market uh, we are driven by the market so you know if you if things don't taste right and if you haven't got the right selection of wines or whatever then you are going to fall behind mm. because people will choose people have options because it's not as manically busy as it has been okay. you know obviously during COVID we were we, everything was mental and you could have you you could have opened a, a opened a cool box on the side of the road and people would have bought the beer off you we were considering but, doing that down at Preston. <laughs> And selling tinnies from a cool <laughs> shit It was actually a business plan at one point. Yeah, but uh, but then if you did that now, or if you tried to, you know, some of the things that were were able to be run then can't be done now because the the there aren't as many people here. Yeah, we're already seeing that there aren't as many people here this mm. summer. Yeah, mm-hmm. so far. Yeah, also, obviously we're just about to go into. Yeah, Covid has spent people spent so much time and money on their houses, renovate their gardens, did nasty kitchens. That you wouldn't leave the house unless you can go somewhere a bit better. I find. Yeah, like, yeah. Why I've go a few out people when say you can now. stay at home and drink wine that you enjoy yeah. for half the price? Like hire you've got to go out for an experience. It's got to yeah. be worth it. Well, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you can hire in a great you know, wine guy. And, yeah. Sommelier. Yeah. Is it sommelier? Yeah. My sommelier. Yeah. sommelier. Yeah. It's only a job title. You don't actually have to pass the exams for that. So <laughs> if anybody wants to be one, just make the I'll boss put it in your contract, and I'll you can be one. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so, can I ask how much how much this would cost to get you to someone's house to do a wine tasting Ooh. if you were hosting a party? Um, million dollar question. It depends. <laughs> it depends what you want to do. So, generally, you know, like I think, as everybody sort of understands, they're not really in this for the money. Um, but yeah, so it's just whatever wines you want. I tend to go back to people with a look. This is the sort of thing, you know, that from our conversation, you seem to uh, seem to want. 
and this is what it's going to cost. If you want it to cost less, I can make that happen. If you want it to be slightly more exciting or whatever, then I can make that happen as well. Mm. That's, um, you know, and then obviously we have things like this. This sparkling tasting is something which I've done a few times, which is, you know, a fairly, you know, laid back, just sort of, you know, let's taste a few different bits and have a chat about wine. And that's sort of, you know, well, I'm happy to have it for free. For, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I think uh, based on these three bottles, I think I only didn't spend a huge amount. So this would be like, well, this is what, six of us, but you could stretch it to 10, which is, you know, about 150 quid we could do this for. Yeah, wow. it's not, okay, that's you know, good. Yeah, you know. Nice. Like I say, it's like, it's just, it, wine doesn't have to be expensive. If you know what you're buying and you know what you're looking for mm. and you're willing to, you know, go through different channels and maybe you know, make things a bit more complicated for yourself. You can just, you know, you can get things at a good price, and and then obviously that's a price that I'm, I want to pass on to people because you know you want to you want pe- I want people to be interested in wine because if you know if if nobody is then I don't have a job. And this yeah. is amazing, by the way. Yeah, this yeah. Is my can you tell that it's a lot more sparkling than the other one now? Yeah. It is. It is. So this is, is um, so this is chapel pop- down fruit. This is uh, so. This is their non-vintage. So they use the three champagne grapes: Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier, and Chardonnay, um, but grown in England, obviously. Um, and they're so any brute champagne and English houses are very are similar. Is that they have a style? So they're always going to make, depending on the year, the different grapes will grow differently. And then the challenge for the guy who makes the wine is to make it the non-vintage always taste the same. So yes. they have slightly different amounts of Chardonnay and Pinot Noir and Pinot Meunier in there. Um, but it'll generally be the same. So, um, like famous houses have famous blends. So, Dutz is always a third, third, third of each. So, I don't know who Dutz is. No, who's Dutz? <laughs> so I feel like I the, should know that. So, yeah, the oldest. Uh, that is the oldest champagne house. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, they make the best Blanc de Blanc. Champagne. Oh, it's to do with champagne. Oh, yeah. Oh no, yeah. No, no idea. <laughs> so right, Romina's going to yeah. try a little splash. Could we? Yeah, I know that you have a question, but yeah, is what are we tasting? What is there a flavor? Sorry, I'm I'm drinking like two is, for one. Is there? <laughs> Pardon? Is there a flavor? Is, is there it? like anything what, in the tasting notes? What are the notes? So on the nose, you get that sort of. So this is done uh, with the second fermentation in the bottle, so it's rested on the lees. So you get that sort of brioche toasty note. Are you getting this? Where it's slightly more buttery. Okay. Come on, Romina. Go so the last one was really fruity because it didn't because the, all the lows, although the lees are still in there, um, it's not rested for as long. So it's just made and then you drink it. Whereas this is rested. So, so you wait make, a second. You make Did a, you say uh, the leaves? Lees. L e e s. I don't know what that is. So you make a still. You make a still wine from the grape so you press the grapes you make a still wine it's called juice yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you put that there so you ferment it into a still wine oh you ferment the juice into a still wine yeah. and then you put that in the bottle you add a bit of sugar and a little bit of yeast and that starts a second fermentation in the bottle you put a cap on and then uh that's when um you lay it down then the second fermentation happens until the yeast has consumed all the sugar that you put in there yes. and then it dies off then that sits in the bottom of the wine and that then flavours the wine yes. to add tertiary characteristics to the wine that you've created. And then <laughs> then you slowly turn the bottle upside down, as you said, and then you put it in, well, and then you freeze the cap because it's only got a bottle cap like this on. You flick it off and then the frozen lees, the dead yeast cells come out. Oh, dead yeast cells. Yeah, yeah. and then you add in a little bit of uh, extra wine to top it back up and then you stick a cork in it. 
Okay. <laughs> that's how you make champagne, and that's how this is made. That's the traditional method. So the method of the first one is method ancestral, which is one fermentation halfway right. through, stick it in a bottle, and it gets a bit fizzy in the bottle. You know this what is- I was going to say? You know, that ancestral reminded me of like a Saison beer. When, uh, like, it's like a French farmer, French farms, uh, they would have, like, a Saison beer for their farm workers. It was, like, a cheap thing that they used to make out of whatever they had and ferment it in the barn kind of thing. And it would be slaking the thirst of these farm workers. And that that is, like, kind of the aroma and the characteristic that I got from that first one, but I didn't get yeah. to say it. Sorry. That's okay. But, yeah. Sorry, I do talk a lot. Do we have but these? Um... But, yeah, so it's but that, that, that method, so it, it's completely non-interventional vegan they don't use any pesticides they just so yes. that that is just a pure grape mm. they press it ferment it stick it in a bottle see what happens so that's what natural wine that's why a lot of people aren't really that into it because it is sort of a bit mental and that you don't know what you're going to get no. yeah. to make yeah. thing to make them all taste different is it the, like the amount of yeast or the amount of time that is fermenting or the amount of grapes what is it to make so the different grapes all taste different so Blanc de Blanc champagne is made with Chardonnay only, and that's why it's the cleanest flavour. So a Chardonnay grape itself from the vine doesn't taste of anything, really. See, I have a Just question to... about this. Yeah. Why has Chardonnay got a bad name? Isn't it like any way but Chardonnay? Because it's gross. Yeah, but why oh. is it? This so, is the bit that I don't know. So, because everyone Chardonnay. says, oh, no, Chardonnay. So Chardonnay makes some of the most famous uh, wines in the world. So obviously everybody's heard of Chablis, which is 100% Chardonnay. Um, or white burgundy is 100% Chardonnay. But because Chardonnay was a really popular grape variety and made some really famous mm. wines, in the late 80s and the 90s, um, growers would make Chardonnay because they knew they could sell it, but they'd make it really badly. Oh, I see. So and it then, never used to be bad. It's only been bad in, since the 80s. So then they made, but pretty much, so they made wines that were bad and then they over-oaked them to cover up the bad winemaking. And then because they were over-oaking them, they then tasted and gave people headaches. And that's why people didn't want to drink it. Oh, so actually Chardonnay, in the original, was actually premium. Like, it way still back is. When. It still is. Is it? Yeah. So, like I say, all white burgundy is made with Chardonnay. Well, I never. Yeah. It's still the most prestri- prestigious so you, white grape variety in the world. So if you find a Chardonnay wine that's like over £50 a bottle, it'd be good. But if you find a Chardonnay wine that's less than £5 a bottle, it'd be bad. Nowadays, people don't bother to make really bad wine. Everybody knows that you know, like nobody wants to drink bad Chardonnay. People have a better palate these days. Yeah. You, know, you buy a £6 bottle of wine in Tesco and it'd oh, be good. Oh, yeah. You know, the... Um, the Pessarina we recommended on our um, on our uh, um, uh, what is it what is that? mailing list? Yeah. So yeah, so there's a Pessarina in Tesco that costs six pound a bottle, um, and it's fantastic. And so yeah, when people came in and they were uh, people were sort of messaging us back, emailing me back, saying I've bought six bottles of this wine and it is the perfect day drinking early evening in the sun wine really? it's absolutely fantastic and it's six quid from tesco there was a red wine like that in tesco as well. is that the same one were you talking about the same wine well this one's white but there was a red wine that was exactly the same and it felt like a really nice quality wine yeah do you remember what wine it was no no idea james would know <laughs> okay we'd get it was it would only in stores occasionally and we'd go back and try and find this wine yeah yeah um, the the question that I have is, did you call it Pescarino? Because I was in I was in Dartmouth at the Seahorse, and we were drinking Alberino, mm-hmm. like mad. I yeah. like, yeah, I don't remember the rest of the night. <laughs> is out Al- Pescarino and Alberino related? So, Alberino is Spanish, yeah, and then Pecorino 
is a wine. Is a wine, but the one I was talking about was a Pessarina. Oh, okay. Pessarina, Pessarina, Pessarina. Yeah. yeah, which is a just a really unusual grape variety that I don't really know why Tesco sell it, but it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Sorry, Pessarina, Pessarina, Pessarina. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's just in the Tesco finest range. So if, if you're in, I'm, I'm if, not trying to get paid by Tesco, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in Tesco looking for a good wine, like, what's the process? Or if you're in, sorry, not Tesco. If you're in Supermarket X, yeah, looking yeah. for a good wine. Yeah, I, well, generally, I would say the things, um, the wine buyers that they have that work for supermarkets these days are really good at their jobs. Yeah, but they don't get to have a huge amount of unusual wine in the supermarkets because people don't buy it. Okay. So when mm. you do find one that looks strange that you don't that's you know is sort of you know you've never heard of it never it's always worth trying. Yeah. Okay. Because you know you can read the back and they'll tell you vaguely what it's going to be and they will have their number systems or letter systems of how heavy or whatever it's going to be. But ultimately, it's worth the risk rather than just buying the same bottle of wine over and over again. I always think it's like even if you don't like it, it's a an interesting evening where it's like, oh well, that wasn't great, was it? Uh, but you know, that's we that, tried something, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We tried. It's something an experience. New. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is what wine people think of wine of now. You but know, yeah. when you say interesting, is that just looking at the bottle? Well, it's generally just bit something new. To be the, yeah, something new, something different for you. Like uh, I would. If, you, if it's difficult to go into I think people are slightly scared because there's lots of different words on things like sure. you know, so if you go into German wine like there's so many different you know uh, like we were talking about uh, Trockenbeer and Auslaser earlier and obviously that is becomes quite difficult when you're talking about things that are really specific and um, you know buying German wine look for the word Trocken it means dry then you, that's going to be sort of similar to what you drink if it doesn't say that then it's potentially going to be off dry and or sweeter and that'll be something that, you know... You don't want, well, yeah. Well, you might want, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We go perfectly with Asian food. Okay. okay. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, right. that's sort of like... But then, yeah, this is this is what I provide people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking for myself, like, when I go into the... When I'm looking for some wine, what I usually do is I look at the bottom shelf. I look at... <laughs> <laughs> the ones no, they Callum is see. not the one to ask about buying anything. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm asking the other way. I'm asking. I'm asking. Right. So for me, it's all unusual. It's all different. So I should just pick up anything because it's all new for me or... But then um, that's, that's like the start of the wine journey okay. is uh, that it's trying all these different things. Yeah. So you're saying that, well, if you've got the whole wine shelf to choose from, yeah. so if you're going to have what, one bottle on a Saturday night, I mean, that's okay, we've got to say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so one just bottle. Pick, pick something. <laughs> what are you saying, Sean? Pick, yeah, pick well, I'm not going to have three. Well, <laughs> <laughs> three so, bottles so of wine. So you can just work your way through, you know, just try all the different things. Yeah. You know, there's so much choice there. You've got so much that you can try, so many different okay. bits. Then it's like, but then once... Having yeah, three you, you, bottles six wine months, on a Saturday night. Six months down the line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then you'll be back there looking at the same shelf. Yeah. With all these ones you tried before. Yeah. And saying, oh, I like that, but I'm going to try that this week. Or oh, we're having a bit of a special evening, so I know I like that. I'm going to have that one. Okay, yeah. As opposed to it just being, well, that one's four ninety five, so we're going to have that. <laughs> and we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're looking into my soul there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I've been there. I like yeah. <laughs> now, do you remember when we did the three two, favorite English sparkling three two one night timber? It's because I have a bottle of night timber, like a reserve, the, the one you know, the royalty one at mm-hmm. home. 
And I thought, uh, you know, Night Ember is really like a New Year's Eve kind of thing, where Chapel Down is like a Sunday lunch. And yeah, I absolutely love Chapel Down. We used to get it at Waitrose all the time. Yeah. When we had a Waitrose. So I brought this one because. What what we're having right now, right? Chapel Chapel Down. Down. Chapel Down. Yeah. Yeah. So I brought this one because obviously we spoke about it before. Um, But I think I was tempted to try and get hold of the Denbys because they just won the best English sparkling in England. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you yeah, if you want to try the best of the best, the best that we have to compete with champagne, it's the Denbys. It's um, called Denbys. Yeah, Denbys or Denbys. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. I'm not sure but about that one. My friend Trevor's wife used to work there, so obviously, you know you can't <laughs> go anywhere with that. Nice. <laughs> so right, are we ready for the next bottle, or are we going to say we want a cocktail now and send right. you home with a finished bottle? I want to do something a little bit different. Okay, I don't think that we could actually drink another bottle. <laughs> All right, I want a quick fire round. Quick fire, but ready. For this one, Sean, I want you to ask Lynn some questions. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know whether I can answer. I so, don't know whether I'm in the right some, state. Some quick fire wine-related questions. Oh, God. Quick fire. I'd be better at beer. <laughs> okay, beer. Quick, quick fire anything-related questions. <laughs> I, get, I know. I, 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 need, I, need, no I, need, I need my sidekick back with me. Right, Sean, what's your favorite restaurant? Where? Okay, we, we flipped it's it. It's Torbay. Oh, um, oh, I've worked at so many. It's, it's, I know. it's unfair to answer that question. What's your favourite restaurant you haven't worked at? Oh, we went to Portofino the other day and it was lovely. Okay, Portofino. Yeah. Lynn, right. what's your favourite restaurant? My, I think my favourite is Ollie's a bit on the side, but because I've never eaten in Ollie's proper restaurant, but I absolutely love that menu. Yeah. When I was going through the menu, like I couldn't have everything when I was there, but I was like, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, the whole way through the menu. I was just like, oh, Ollie, how did you get it so right? Amazing. So, this is nice. so Lydia and Ollie must owe us some money now, because that's two, both of their businesses. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah Portofino. Yeah. yeah. I went to Portofino just recently, but yeah, I mean, Italian would be my, you know, would be my second choice. But yeah, definitely British. Bye, Romina. Bye, Charlotte. Thank you. So yeah, sorry, we've lost a few people. I went to Portofino with my good friend Beth. (laughs) (laughs) Beth, what's your favorite restaurant in Torbay? Um, oh, you know what? I just thought about that. It's so hard. I love seafood, but I love. Sorry, we're trying to get Beth's. We're trying to get Beth's mic to work. I feel like I'm loud enough. I feel like I am loud enough. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't you can, know. It's can, really can, loud in my ears. You and can I shout. Hate the sound of my voice, so I'm just like quieter the better. No, I've been in the good, podcast okay. before, and um, I heard how awful I sounded. So now that's I'm nervous about doing that's it again. That's not true. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was like, wow. I feel so for anyone that's ever heard my voice. But wow. It's fine. It's fine. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, favorite restaurant. Restaurants. Yeah. Um, anything that sells fish. So I love On the Rocks. I do quite like Harbour Lights because it's our local. Yeah. Oh, I love anywhere that sells fish. Just some, Portofino was nice. That's yeah. Italian. Portofino that would be James's really favourite if he went, but he's not been yet. And maybe we'll go for dinner. You should. You should, definitely. You know, On the Rocks has been purchased. Yes, I know. Like, yeah. Every week on the podcast, you're like, da 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 da. What's boat, happening with boat, On the Rocks? That's oh, no, Boathouse. What's happening yeah, with yeah. Boathouse? Boathouse it's Boathouse news. No. Sean, do you know what's happened to the Boathouse? No. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't lie to us, Sean. Come on. I'm I'm getting the two mixed up because I heard a rumour. Yes. I think we might have started this rumour. Yeah. (laughs) Did you start the rumour? I don't know. Did you hear that Pete bought the boathouse? I heard Pete on the rocks. (laughs) That is made up. 
No. I heard that On the Rocks was going to be bought by, like, the people at Pierpoint, but that's wrong. On the Rocks is the bay now. Yes, which is it's the bay, bay, which is Barbican Bay. But I Got thought it. that um, the boathouse was being bought by On the Rocks, and I'm over the moon about it because it's my local, and they sell fish, and they sell nice wine. So I was really happy about it. Okay, next quick fire round. These right. are really quick. <laughs> <laughs> we asked Beth this question, but it's time for Sean to ask to okay. answer. What's your favorite beach? Um, uh, I think uh, Goodrington, yeah. but not not for the. We, we like buying KFC and sitting in the car park and eating it in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> With like a really top bottle of wine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Polar end of the like scale, really nice wine with a dirty KFC bucket. They're both the worst in the UK yeah. as well. Painting KFC, did you that know that? Kind of makes oh them God. the best, which makes no. it they, it's just comical. It's, an award, it's a landmark place. Award, to go. there's a award. It is so bad there, honestly. Yeah, I, the I've been put off eating that. I'm nervous to eat that. Everyone no. says you're fine, but my partner James like is like, do the, not the eat food's KFC. Fine. It's just the yeah. the staff are a little bit yeah. on edge. Yeah. <laughs> Stabby. They're after another award. <laughs> no, I like that. I thought you were going to say Goodrington, but and then you were going to say Goodrington North or yeah. Goodrington South, and then he went for KFC bucket. Also, like, oh. your favorite car park is Goodrington Car Park. That's, That's what we're getting. Let's not get into what <laughs> we're doing. Car Beth, park. What Beth, what's your favorite car park? <laughs> oh, my favorite car park yeah. has to be. I was going to say Daddy Hog. It's got a lovely view, but I know that's not. Anyway, Lynn. Okay. Lynn. <laughs> moving on. Lynn, oh, what's no. your favourite car park? <laughs> no, I don't. Well, it's got to be Beacon Key because that's where I live. I got to be honest. That's not my favourite car park. <laughs> what's your favourite car park? <laughs> For reasons what's we won't get into right now. Park? Huh? What's your favourite car park if it's not Beacon Key? Um. Hmm. And Such a deep yeah. question. It is so speaking much key, a better yeah, question than what's your favourite beach? <laughs> what's your favourite car park? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, what's your favourite paving slab? <laughs> Wait a second, here's one for you. What's your favourite beach cafe? No pressure, we have a beach cafe podcast coming up. Well, so. I've only been to Fishcombe. Okay. So I've still got to go to ba- Babacan Bay, Babacan Beach Cafe. Babacan no, Beach Cafe. I think Soak counts as a beach cafe. And so Frank's either. lifestyle on I've the seafront. I haven't been there. Oh. Yeah, I've been to Fishcombe, really, really liked it. Oh, okay. So good. Um, so what's your favourite? Well, I would say Frank's, because it's my local. <laughs> yeah, what, the Lifestyle Cafe or the, the one, pier? The one that's on the pier. Yeah. Yeah, if it's not within a mile radius, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I like Sarah's. Hi, Sarah. So Because she's on the beach of Preston, and we're like four beach huts down from her kiosk. So I'm so delighted they started to sell Devon Rock this year. I'm happy. Is it, isn't she your your main competition for this new... Oh, for the tinnies? For the tinny, tinny Yeah, idea. the tinny business. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you. we would have buried Sarah. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> it was all over for you for about a minute. <laughs> what tinnies are you selling, babe? No, like during what? Are they the ones that, I, that, you, that, that you bought around before, those tinnies? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is she talking about? No, the ones, the ones? The what? Like, the ones that oh, are like... no, what, with no? CBD? Yeah. No, no, no. It was like beer. Like Stella or something. Oh, I thought it was like, like alternative. It was like alternative CBD tinnies. It was like, I wouldn't put a parcel in. <laughs> you know, everybody has their own flavor. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I think um, for, 
Yeah, it was going like Preston Beach. If we like turned our beach hut into like a bit of a off license, <laughs> I don't know. We didn't think it through. Very Start well. Daisy Young. You she said, can be the youngest millionaire. You said you didn't think it through, but you titties. said that you also did have a business plan for this. It sounds like you did think it through quite a bit. Well, kind of. Anyway, so right, we're gonna ask Sean. What's your favorite beach cafe? Um, I I live in Babacom, so I have to probably say Babacom Beach. I think um, I think yeah. the. Um, the beach cafes are doing really interesting stuff, bringing in like events and different kinds of events. I think they would actually, I think a wine tasting, uh, I can't speak for Babacan Beach Cafe, but Fishcom Cafe, I know Chloe does a lot of like different kind of things. Mm. Yeah. I think a wine tasting at the beach cafe would be really, really fun. Yeah, that would well, be good. Like a sunset. I know they have a lot of DJs that come through. They have um, yoga instructors. I think... A, a wine tasting would fit in perfectly with that. Yeah. I know Canteen have been doing the wine tasting, haven't they? Wine tasting evenings. Yes. And I wish I'd gone. Yeah. I just they're couldn't. starting that back up in the in the autumn. They're starting um Queenie's running uh wine tastings in like November and December. And I think December is the sparkling event. But it's not gonna compare to this event. No, I guarantee not. you. Nothing that. will. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So yeah. Cheers. Um, so did we decide that fish come? And Babacan, and Sarah's, and Frank's. And Frank's. Cheers, guys. <laughs> right, who's got the next rapid fire question? Okay, um, Lynn, what's your favorite boat? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Western Lady Ferry, obviously. Is it? Yes, I love to see it coming in and going out, and it goes three toots when it goes, it's going backwards, and I love it. Talking to the boats. Do you remember when that huge one burnt down on the harbour side? Oh that God. was my favourite boat until it burnt down. I used to walk past and think, that is a nice boat. Yeah. Gone. Gone. And a puff of smoke. Rip. <laughs> Never mind. Right, how about you, Callum? What's your favourite um, cove? A fairy cove, obviously. Of really? So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it's the closest to you. Um, I mean, I have a lot of memories there. We have a lot of like beach fires. Beach fires. Beach fires. Do you yes. know that that's Beth's favorite cove? Yeah, it's yeah. dog friendly in the in the summer, so it's yeah. my favorite cove. Yeah. Yeah. No, our dogs also love it there, and it's also just like you've got that private section that mm. when the tide's really low and you go past, yes. um, past the rocks onto that next yes. beach. Yes. Yeah. And you can actually go straight off the rocks into the sea, and mm-hmm. you have to deal with the sand. Yes. So Ted will go straight from the rocks into the sea. And yeah, that is a great beach. Yeah, that's my favourite beach. Go for sea, sure. I used to go sea scouts on that beach. Sea I was scouts? A, yeah, I was a sea scout. What's a sea scout? A scout, like Scouts a beaver, a cub, and a, like explorer. Like, like CCF? No, like a. like a. Have you ever heard of sea scouts? Have you not heard of sea scouts? No. I don't, I've never heard of CCF. Have you heard of sea scouts? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a. It's like a it's like a scout explorer. You know, Bear Grylls is, is, is like the number one explorer for the, the scout community. <laughs> no? <laughs> so I'm doing. <laughs> Scouts. I used to go on the harbour and we used okay, to go yeah. kayaking from Ferry Caves. That's one. That's my favourite cove. Are there still sea scouts, sea scouts there? Mm. Okay, the I think I think Bay I know what you're talking about. Borough, Sixth Bay Borough on, on the harbour. Do you do anything with the ski scouts still? No, I quit when I was like sixteen. Ah, oh, shame. Got too cool. When did have you always lived here, Sean? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so I was born in Torquay. In Torquay. Yeah, my dad used to be an uh, instructor for the sea scouts. What's something doing with scouts? Yeah. Do you okay. know Sean's dad? <laughs> He's got the same surname as me. His name's Paul. Paul Cockman. Oh, I don't know if I, I might know his face. He looks like me. 
but older. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> was it the 6th Torbay on the harbour? I've got absolutely no idea. Could it, could it have been the 11th? I steered well away from There's it. There's the 11th Torbay as well. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> Never mind. I no, have a question for you. Okay, yeah. Is there a right. wine that you've drank too much of one night and you've had a great time and then it's... Because you've had too much wine, you've been poorly, and now you can never drink that wine again. Um, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then, but I think that a lot of you know drinking wine and the experience of it is about the flavour. So when you have that much, you stop thinking about the flavour. You're just drinking it for the alcohol. Okay. Obviously, yeah, if sure. you have whereas things like sambuca and tequila have a very specific flavour that you wake up also with which i yeah. think forms a part of that memory where you don't want to drink mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's Whereas true with wine you wake up and yeah your mouth's dry and you feel like you know you've had yeah. a, 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 you've a had good, good night, night. <laughs> but you can't remember but, it, so but you fine. don't necessarily remember the specific you know just constantly drinking the same thing and it takes longer to drink lots of those things that get you, you know, to how be about you beth it sounds like memories. you're talking from memory <laughs> no actually not me no no not me <laughs> i got ill on screwdrivers and i couldn't drink one at all do you know what a screwdriver is <laughs> not many either i'm never like <laughs> i think it's an american that you know we have kamikazes and screwdrivers and what yeah and um, i've heard of a screwdriver it's, I don't vodka know it's okay. just vodka and orange juice it's just like oh. what you would have when you're in high school oh. but yeah oh my god I, can't, I still can't have one to this day That's so hilarious. that was a significant a long time right, ago l- go on lynn what when was the tell us the story of the first time you ever got drunk Oh my god, I can't even remember. No, I can't. No, no, I can't remember. It was so long ago. Sorry, Beth. Do you remember? Oh, I don't know. Not the first time. No, no, I don't know. I remember like getting younger and being drunk at like house parties and things when okay. that was the dumb thing. Yeah, but like WKD. Or like, what other drinks did you drink as a child? Like, oh, as a child, <laughs> as a child. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> as a, a young adult. <laughs> yeah, we used, to, advice, go, we used to go to these house parties, and it, like up in the Poconos, which was like a mountain range. Up, like it was like going to Dartmoor basically, and so we'd have like a country house and um there was this drink that you used to make in like a 55 gallon drum and you put a bin liner in it and it was like grain alcohol and kool-aid <laughs> so you like you used to serve it in these like you know those solo cups those red solo yeah, cups yeah, yeah. like with a ladle like the, the, beer pong cup. Yeah. like a beer pong cup but this is before beer pong so you like serve yourself this jungle juice with like a ladle jungle and juice. Then, <laughs> that's what it was called jungle juice and then yeah i was at this party and all of a sudden we'd hear and it was somebody at the door. It was the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board. <laughs> and they were busting the party. And everybody just like ran out the back door. And we were in the woods and just like everybody just like scattered. I think a couple of people got busted. But that's like a memorable story I have of like a, a party that I had gone to where it all went horribly wrong. How old would you have been around uh, that time? Of legal drinking age. Of legal Callum. 21 years old. Yeah, 21. <laughs> well, can you just refer back? What were the people called that busted you down? Not the police. The li- Pennsylvania liquor control board the, the, I like, L, the lcb i like i like that it's the board i can just imagine board. some old karens like I know. but they regulate like, the like liquor rolling like when you buy like wine or spirits in the states you buy it at like in a, well in pennsylvania anyway you buy you used to buy it at the state store it was called the state store because it was like state regulated like, like the yeah. wine and spirits and for beer, you had to go to a beer distributor, and for so what, they they also police the laws there, like the yeah, it's like the, state run. 
Yeah, I understand. State run. But the police have no involvement in alcohol-related crimes. Oh, no, they definitely... Crime is po- police, but yeah. it's like the regulation of how where the alcohol is and how it gets taxed and how it is sold yeah. and it's everything like is from you the board. You can buy them in certain stores, can't you? I don't know, Pennsylvania. <laughs> could, I don't think you could buy them in stores. Well, maybe I think just... it's down south, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I just think America, yeah, they govern certain things, don't they? Like anyway, so that's my little story. No, nice, I like thanks it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, first time you... Had an indiscretion? I, I've never had an indiscretion. I'm no, far, yeah, far fair enough. For that. Fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. Respect right. it. Right, respect, respect. <laughs> this man, this is a man that is clearly in control. Right, are we ready for our next <laughs> bottle of sparkling? It's like the two sides of the spectrum. <laughs> right. I don't what? know what that is. What happened? I don't know what an indiscretion is. Oh, an indiscretion. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sean's never done anything wrong. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Indiscretion, like... Oh. Right. Indiscretions. So should is we... It, although, I mean, we used to... Uh, yeah, when we did the tastings at number seven, I think quite a lot of people did do now comment about how not drunk I am at tastings. Yeah. Based on when they used to come and we'd all just get left. Really <laughs> <laughs> By doing... The first one I ever did, we did set... We did nine wines. Um, and you only get... We're only doing 75 mils of each. But obviously that's... You know, near, well, I think that one maybe did 100. It was nearly a whole bottle of wine each, which, you know, sort of... When you're given Jesus. a tiny little measure and then sort of asked to sip at it, it does get you... It took like three and a half hours... And everyone was falling down the stairs. Yeah, surprised. And then, yeah. and then we just carried on drinking afterwards. We were celebrating <laughs> doing the first one out for a but, pint. Um, but then, uh, and then, so since then, I've only ever done really seven yeah. wines because it's a much more sensible number. But even yeah, even then, is that I used to drink along with the tastings and every, you know, because it was all just a little club that we had. Yeah, and uh, it was mostly the same people. And we were all just having a laugh. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just trying different things. Where did the name come from, Broken Wine Society? Because it's t- to me that sounds like kind of like a club. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I think so. Uh, quite a few years ago, one of the old chefs I work with, um, he wanted to try and start doing a thing called uh, Broken Restaurant, and. Um, uh, I never really told him that I stole the name from that. So, okay. Yeah, just, you know, just no. um, where I would go in as the wine guy and we'd take our own wine list and he'd bring his own menu and we'd take over like a cafe or something for the evening and it would just be a fun pop-up type thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it came to naming the whatever I was going to do, Broken yeah. what was it originally called the Broken Wine Club and then, and then Hannah told me that was rubbish. And then became the wine society. You got elevated yeah. from club to society. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. It's a bit more premium. Yeah, yeah, it exactly. I think, and it sounds a bit more. It was always supposed to be something that was just. It's just a thing that is many things. Yeah. That sort of. You know, it doesn't actually mean anything other than the fact that it's. You know, me going to places and doing things. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, like so. Yeah, we're gonna have a cocktail in a second. It's like it's not all about wine. Part of the reason why it was broken is because we don't it's not just all about wine and it's also trying to change people's you know opinion on wine and it's things not like rigid that on so, wine. Yeah. yeah so it did have yeah there are other elements to why we i called it that but yeah. you know in the most part it was uh you know just just uh just a name had to have a name had that name Fair I, enough. I like the name yeah i know me too yeah. here's a question for you guys there's a there's a third bottle of champagne or there's raspberry daiquiris which sean kindly brought ahead so i think should we Send the champagne home with Sean. Yeah, I don't open a bottle for him. No, Unless, we're not going to open yeah. a bottle. But can, do you want to talk us through it? So, can you tell us where you got this from? Um, so this is just um, <coughs> this is just <coughs> Sainsbury's <laughs> Sainsbury's own champagne. 
But the really? reason I bought it is because it's uh, Blanc de Noir. So this is no Chardonnay, only Pinot Noir and Pinot Mornier. Oh, is that what Blanc de Blanc means? Blanc de Blanc means only Chardonnay. Oh. And Blanc de Noir means... Me- oh. So Blanc de Blanc means white of whites. So yes. the greatest white grape, 100% Chardonnay. It's Chardonnay. Sorry, Beth. Blanc de Noir is... Well, um, is, yeah. is um, it is, yeah, so it's the... Pinot Noir yeah, and... Pinot Noir and Pinot Mornier. So then you've only got those two that make this. So you get a much heavier style of champagne mm. because you're based on it being... Sorry, I was supposed to still hold that, wasn't I? <laughs> based on it being... Um, <laughs> sorry, I thought you'd taken a photo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a much heavier style of champagne because you don't have that lightness that comes from the Chardonnay. But it's so heavy good, though. Like, so heavy is it like heavy flavor, body? Like or depth yeah. of flavour. Like, so, yeah, so it's a... It's a, it's a different style. So it would have been a nice... The idea of the trio is that you go from something that's really fruity, really ripe, <laughs> only s- sort of semi-sparkling, into something that's a traditional style of champagne, yeah. into then something that's slightly heavier, that's a different... Well, no, so that's not champagne. The middle one is it's English. So a different style of sparkling wine, the more traditional, cleaner-cut sort of style, mm. and then you go into something heavier, which is a bit different. Do you think... Um, like Obviously, champagne... When we say champagne, we've got like a really, really strong brand around the word champagne yeah uh, when we say sparkling wine that means everything else right yeah so i had a really interesting conversation yeah. with, with someone does, the other it day doesn't have a good brand about, sparkling. Um, I just had the- <laughs> sorry about, um, that's got the giggle okay. <laughs> <laughs> said a really interesting i had a really interesting conversation with someone about uh, uh cremont cremont. So, cremont is uh, sham- uh sparkling wine made with the champagne traditional method outside yeah. of Champagne region. Okay. So you get Cremont de Loire, Cremont de Burgundy, Cremont de Bordeaux, sure. and all just sparkling wines made with the local grapes, but made in the proper Champagne way. Cremont. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, but the reason that those are cheaper is because there's absolutely no point in them trying to put more um, effort into the wine. So Champagne, sure. if you, you could lie it down for three years and make loads of money, you could yeah. lie it down for ten years and make even more money. Yeah. Because it's got that Champagne name attached to it, yes. you're always mm. going to get more money. Yes. Whereas with a Cremont, there's no point keeping it and lying it down and and, and allowing the flavours to develop Okay. because you're ne- it's never going to be worth more money uh, unless you're willing to do the entire marketing thing yourself. Because sure. it's a Cremant. I yeah. love them. But that's that's my pick every time. If I'm on a sparkling yeah. menu, I'll just go for the Cremant, leave, mm. save the champagne. Beth has got a hilarious story <laughs> and she has to tell it now. It's not a story. It's just something I saw and it really made me laugh. And I, sorry, while you were talking, it, it went in my head and I remembered it and it really made me laugh. So there's this girl who started work at a bar, like a restaurant, yeah. and someone ordered a champagne. <laughs> And then she took it out, the champagne, and started shaking it. Oh, no. What is because? <laughs> because she'd seen it done on Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only thing she could associate with champagne. And that's how she thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> Someone ordered it. And she took it out and shook it with her thumb and started shaking it out like on Formula One. Because she thought that's how you did it. Yeah, she yeah, thought yeah. that was that's what, that's what it was. And, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, that. it just probably tickled me then. I thought, could you imagine being, <laughs> being in a restaurant <laughs> and someone brings out a champagne and just covers you with it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make the daiquiris. Right, let's take, wait, make wait, these daiquiris. Before you make the daiquiris, oh, I just want to f- follow up question on that. So we have a lot of um, English sparkling wines that are going to start to come, become much more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting to get the weather for it now. What does English wines need to do to 
elevate their brand to the level of champagne, do you think? So I think it's already happened or is happening. Okay. So, you know, they all use the traditional methods. So on the front of that bottle of chapel down, it says traditional methods. Sure. So this is what we call it in this country. So we don't call it method champenoise like they do in French. We call it traditional method English sparkling wine. That's yeah. what we do. That's how it's done in our country. But it is the same as the champagne method. Sure. But I mean... Like, but then but then all of that is tied into the fact that so there are huge amounts of money being spent on the marketing yeah. of English sparkling wine. Everybody's heard of it. There's there's awards the the award that I feel bad for getting it wrong now. Denby's or Dendies? I'm sure it's Denby's. I'm sure it is. I've heard Dendy. You, I've heard the word oh, Dendy, so oh, no. no. Oh just oh god. Shouldn't drink while I do this. <laughs> <laughs> Like, don't worry. No, then, as, as we said earlier, yeah. no one's googling you right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. No one's googling me. Yeah, uh, Dembies. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, you all know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean. Um, and that so they've just won the best of the best English sparkling wine, and it's called some. Um, I can't remember the name of the award. I, I I literally have it on my phone to read before I walked in here, so I could remember the name of it. So when I make the cocktails, I'll, I'll, I'll have a look. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's things like Chapel Down and things like Sharpen. There's there are so many English sparklings and they're winning awards and we're you know, uh, so Chapel Down went over to France recently yeah. and had uh, called it something different it's, it's on YouTube that they went there and there was French people saying this is amazing this is amazing champagne and that, that wasn't an accent by the way this is amazing champagne <laughs> um, uh, and uh, and, then, and then they said to them no no it's English and they couldn't believe that it was English mm, wine because mm-hmm. it's just you know so that's that's the level we're at now. Yeah. Is where we have the confidence in what's in the bottle to say this is better. This but, is on I mean, field. I guess what I'm saying about the branding is like, um, what's the word? What's what's the word for great English sparkling wine? So this is, I think, a part of the a part of the night timber. Part of the difficulty. <laughs> branding what is that things. night timber? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that, um, it's a joke. So champagne is so successful because it has there is a specific style that they have. Yeah. So English wine, English sparkling, we are you know similar in style to champagne. Okay. But in that, um, I think the overall English wine, we don't necessarily have a specific English style. Mm, okay. I we make a lot of different styles of white yeah. wine and rosé and red. So there is no, you couldn't say this wine is, you know, whereas Italian red, you could sort of pick it out, but you can't pick out English wine necessarily because there's lots of different things going on. It's very difficult to bring a whole industry together and make them do the same thing or similar thing just because, you know, it's the best for the industry because people do want to do different things. But then that's also part of the wonderful, you know, the multiculturalism that England has always had is that we are doing different things. You can do whatever you like. Yeah. And whether that is then going to become how you define English wine is that um, you sort of, it can always have that higher selling point because it's not going to be like, well, if you buy a Chilean white, you can guarantee it's either Sauvignon or Chardonnay. It's going to be fairly, uh, I, don't, I don't know anyone in Chile, so this is fine. It's going to be fairly bland and it's going to be just quaffable. Whereas you, know, you buy an English white and you don't know if it's going to be oaked or if it's going to be, uh, slightly sharper or mm-hmm. like you just have no idea yeah. unless you've been to the vineyard and it's not easily googleable because they're you know if it's a small vineyard they probably don't have an extensive yeah. review on their website of all their things so i think as an industry it's it'll be really interesting over the next few years to see where it goes i think if we keep the level of variety that we have and that everybody is doing things 
um, to be the best at exactly what they can do. Yeah. That's what will make English wine fantastic. Sure. Is because people will go and they will buy it because similar to what we were talking about in the supermarket, you go and you want to try something different and you can, and all you have to do is buy something English and something you've not heard of, and it will be different to what you've tried before. Mm-hmm. If that can be how it's going to be branded in the future, then... Okay, know. so the brand is almost variety. Yeah. Okay, okay, I understand. because... But to, if, to stop that and try and bring it all together and yeah. to try and make people just say, well, English wine needs to taste like this. Yes. Well, then you go into the realms of or sort of French regionality where it's you can only grow these grapes here. You can only do this, this and this, which is obviously something that's existed for you know, a long, long time and I, will never go away. I always had in my mind that Champagne was just about the area. It um, is. So yeah, I, I didn't realize that the method of producing the the. Well, the wine was all the so, same with the different champagnes. Yeah, so uh, the method of making it, yeah. ha- you have to use that method in champagne. Right, okay. And that is what, ma- that, That's what makes it champagne. The way you grow the grapes and how you make it is what makes it champagne. Okay. And that is to guarantee the quality that is produced in the bottle. Because if you allow people to just make, similar to what we made the first the first one we tried, yeah. if you allowed people in Champagne to make that and call it Champagne, it's, then you would never know what you would yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. So that's how they, they've been really successful in this branding. Of like, yes, you see have. Champagne, yes. and you know exactly that you're going to get something that's a higher quality, good depth of flavour, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know? Whereas you know, English Sparkling, you could get Chapel Down, or you could get something where somebody only started growing their vines 10 years ago, and it's, and it's really much lighter and... They don't nec- they haven't necessarily worked out how to get the best out of their vines yet. I got you. I got you. Okay, cool. Do you want to start doing the yeah? Strawberry should we have a cocktail? I mean, raspberry daiquiris. Raspberry daiquiris. Why raspberry? Yeah, why not? Strawberry. What's the difference? <laughs> the strawberries don't press as nicely into. Uh, oh, I don't want to say the word paste. Um, they don't press as nicely into like. Paste. Into What's the, wrong with paste? It's like, a it's like moist. So yeah. So all you do. So when you 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 know. So you just when you're muddling strawberries, you get yeah. sort of. It gets a bit thick. Okay, I got you. A bit, you know, better, lighter, yeah. a bit lighter, a bit fresher in the right. end product. So let's just leave this roll and yeah. let's just take a break now to have some while Sean makes us a raspberry daiquiri.
you. So Sean has delightfully given some raspberry daiquiris and we were talking about everybody's favorite cocktails and Beth was saying how much she liked an espresso martini take mm-hmm. it away Beth you're um, telling us about how you make your espresso martini well I was just saying I love an espresso martini and then Sean said do you put whatever it was what is it liquor 43 and I just said no I used a double shot of espresso bean from the bean coffee and then I use a double shot of vodka usually vanilla vodka or vodka and then sugar syrup and then what have I said coffee and then Kahlua double shot of Kahlua and that's how I've always done it shaken over ice and you get a nice crema and then you drop three coffee beans on the top but what's what what is the 43 thing and so liquor 43 is like a um uh it's a uh it's a vanilla based liqueur that has 43 different ingredients but it's just it's a just a, a really amazing liqueur if you want to add vanilla flavor to anything and it adds density to cocktails as well so we oh. came up with we call it the cape moss because it was so boozy. Okay, uh, it's, um, <laughs> so it's so there's a solo. Um, a, it's a, a, a cold brew espresso coffee. So you can just use it. You can also use it to make iced coffees at home. Yeah. <clears throat> it's really good. And um, so that with um, so it's a liquor forty three with their espresso edition. Then um, Mr. Black's coffee liqueur instead of Kahlua because um, we went on a holiday to Australia to the place where they originally made it. Um, mm. One of our friends took us to the gin distillery where they made this Mr. Black's coffee liqueur. Um, recently sold out to Diageo, so now it's hugely, hugely successful. Um, and then vodka and uh, vanilla sugar syrup. So you just making sugar syrup is easy. It's just fifty-fifty sugar and hot water. Then you just add in some vanilla essence. You make your own vanilla sugar oh, and yeah, um that's, yeah that's so cool. all those different elements so we called it the cake moss because it so the when i think it's a the story goes that when they originally invented the espresso martini it was designed to um wake you up and fuck you up my lad's in it you can say that and that was uh, and i think and the, the story was it was made for i think cake moss i think espresso martinis yeah. do do that for sure getting yeah. a bit sleepy on a night out have one of those and it'll wake you up and Carry you on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Callum? What's your favorite cocktail? Mm, either a um, strawberry daiquiri. Actually, you know what? I say strawberry daiquiri. This raspberry daiquiri might take it. It might take the cake. Mm. I've never had such a like flavorful raspberry, like any da- sort of daiquiri. So that yeah, so it's a, an original daiquiri, not a frozen daiquiri that you just stick in a blender that you get in a lot of places. So mm-hmm. an original daiquiri, I think, is a much nicer drink, much fresher. Yeah, and the, fresh, so definitely. the reason that I chose to make it for you guys was because it's something that I like. So if I go somewhere and say to someone, like, we're going to bring the bar or the wine. If you want a cocktail, like, literally, all you've got to do is buy a bottle of Bacardi, <clears throat> buy some sort of. Oh, so we use grenadine just because it's cheap and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only just a dash of that. Some fresh raspberries that you then um, you then muddle, um, and then uh, and then some lime. So whether you just use, you can either buy the funkin lime juice, which it works just as well. Or you can have fresh limes, and then you can just make sugar syrup, and that's literally it. Yeah, Easy, no, this is cheap. Definitely, like, the, the the word fresh yeah. is very correct. Like this tastes very very fresh. Yeah, and you always want to get someone else to make it because you can see how much I'm sweating. <laughs> 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 that adds to the flavour, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't 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 wear trousers and a long sleeve shirt. When you make <laughs> I know. I feel bad. I've made you make like have a nice shirt, and, but yeah, I think it's a really great cocktail. Um, Beth, are you about ready to hit the road? Yeah. Is it? 
Isn't right. James coming in? Yeah, no, no, he's not. No, he's in the middle of house renovation, so he's literally come to get me. Aww. And then we're off. Plus, he's in his work clothes, be very dusty. He'll sit on something, and it'll just like a puff of dust. <laughs> cheers. So cheers. Best cheers. room from cheers. Room, room for Bloom. Bloom. <laughs> Give us your pitch. What's your your elevator pitch for Room Room for Bloom? Room for Bloom. What the business? The business. No, the something else. No, your business. <laughs> yeah, is that? Is yeah. That, yeah. Um, yeah, my business is Room for Bloom. Yes. I'm mainly on Instagram. Yes. Just and started the website today, though. Nice. Long time coming. And yeah, I do event decor, weddings. I'm a stylist. Beautiful. I do, yeah, all of that sort of what's thing. Your, what's your style? Like, oh, Lynn, what's my style? Aesthetic. Aesthetic, yeah. <laughs> what's your I style? I don't actually good? know. It's just quite modern. I don't like anything that's too, like, 2007. Okay, yeah. Something quite modern. And yeah, I just, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know what my style is. It's just... I mean, just, whatever just, the style is, it's it's going well. Hmm. You're, it's you're pretty own. booked up. I think, I think it's her own. Yeah, I do try my best. It's, I just, I do what I like and I like what I do. Yeah. And I don't really do what I don't like. And yeah, I think that's why it goes well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so if someone wants to get hold of you for an event... Um... It's at Room for Bloom Events on Instagram. Oh my God, I feel like this is a proper sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at Room for Bloom Events on Instagram. Okay, perfect. Yeah, well, thank you for having me, guys. And have the best night drinking daiquiris. Is it daiquiri? Yeah. It is a daiquiri, yeah. Chink. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers Amazing. to the... Mwah. Right, shout out to James, who's come to pick up Beth. So yeah. Right, it's a tough night here at Harbour Studios. <laughs> Everybody has to find their own way home. Yeah, I guess Anna's coming to pick you up. So yeah, oh, she's at work. I'm gonna stumble my way. Out. Oh god. <laughs> so yeah, but thank you so much, Sean, for coming in. So yeah, where how, how can people reach you if they want to do a wine tasting? Um, so the best thing to do is go on our website and you can just do, fill out the contact form there and that comes straight through to us. Sure, right. the w- website is brokenwinesociety.com. Perfect, I think. Don't and you have a newsletter? Yeah, so it's on the website as well. You can sign up to our newsletter. Mm. Um, actually, that uh, Liquor 43 Barista Edition, I did a thing on there on the newsletter promoting oh. that. That was a few, a few weeks ago. You can get all the back issues of the newsletter you want to read them all, which is comes with rhyme, wine recommendations, cocktail recommendations, a few out of date rose recommendations for summer barbecues and <laughs> Father's Day recommendations and things like that. But that's all right. But, um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, so, and that's where we announce first all our big tastings and things. So if you want to be the first one available to buy tickets and things, then that's the place to go. Oh, okay, cool. Amazing. And um, if I'm old school and I want to give you a call, what's your number? <laughs> uh, if you call offshore uh, any day but Wednesday or Thursday I'll be there okay so call the offshore <laughs> call the offshore and ask for Sean it's amazing have we told you that we're doing like a big giveaway we're waiting for some video to come through but there's there's an opportunity where you can win a coastal safari with Glenn from Jet Set Go all you have to do is like create a video and tag us both in it. We're doing like a live um, video, a review of all of the videos on the 10th and 10th of August. And uh, yeah, it should be an absolute blast. So keep your eye on our socials. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge one because oh, it's the, worth 190 pounds. It's basically 200 pounds. Yeah. You and a friend get to blast away mm. on the Torbay coast on these fast as hell or calm as hell yeah. <laughs> jet skis. Sean, what kind of video are you gonna you gonna post? Why? Well, I think if I could have access to this one, 
yeah. than the blooper reel of this one. <laughs> to take I love that. I love that. I think there will be a blooper reel on this one. So yeah, so that's something to look out for on our socials. And we've got a lot more really interesting podcast guests coming up. We're doing a beach cafe special. We're having some um, something about the seafood feast with Kelly Whitley Jarrett and Lorraine from Pierpoint. And we've got Ash from Curious Kitchen coming in and a whole bunch of other guests coming in to talk on the podcast. So make sure that you like and subscribe. Yep. And also, I just want to mention that we're not going to be saying the weather forecast because, as we said at the beginning, we're pre-recording this a couple of weeks early because I'm yeah. off. I'm right now in Dalaman in the sun. And hopefully you're going to have sun this weekend, mm. but we can't guarantee it. So no, we can't. Look out the window. <laughs> That's your weather. <laughs> That's your weather for the weekend. If it's sunny, yeah, good for you. You know what you can do to check out the weather is tune into our stories. Every day we publish Baywatch, and that is your tides, your times, and all your weather forecasts for the day. So make sure that you tune in. So follow us on Instagram for the very latest. Right. Are we about ready to wrap this up? Huge thanks to Sean Cockman for coming yeah. out from the Broken Wine Society. Absolute legend came and <laughs> destroyed this whole <laughs> this whole buffet here. And we've just been up having an absolute blast with you. So thank you, Sean. Sincere thanks. No problem. No, no. <laughs> Sean gets the, the button. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. And thanks to Callum. I hope that you have a wonderful holiday. Thank you. You deserve it. Cheers. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs>